With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. DSA 
uh, chapters are critical to spreading the word about democratic socialism. Without members talking to people at the grassroots level, participating as a DSA group in the local struggles for justice, organizing educational events for their communities, we would be merely a national office, a magazine, or a blog. Okay, so they want you to participate yeah, and, yeah, a, and, yeah, a, and identify. But um, what, that, this is just a, a recruiting thing here. But they have to. But what I wanted to do is we'll go to about the DSA, okay? And it says what it is. Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States and the principal U.S. affiliate of the Socialist International. DSA members are building progressive movements for social change while establishing an openly democratic socialist uh, presence in American communities. Um, in politics. At the root of our socialism is a profound commitment to democracy as means and end. We are... We are um, as we are likely to see an immediate, immediate end to capitalism, we're not. We're unlikely to see an immediate end to capitalism tomorrow. Uh, Democratic Socialists of America fights for reforms today that will weaken the power of corporations and increase the power of working people. For example, we support for reforms that decrease the influence of money in politics, empower ordinary people in workplaces and in the economy restructure gender and cultural relationships to be more equitable. We are activists. Committed to democracy is not simply one of our political values, but our means of restructuring society. Our vision is of a society in which people have a real voice in their choices and relationships that affect the entirety of our lives. We call this vision democratic socialism, a vision of a more free, democratic, and humane society. And then they just say in this website, you can find out we more. And it says this. We are socialists, okay, because we reject an international economic order sustained by private profit, alienated labor, race, and gender discrimination, environmental destruction and brutality, and violence in defense of the status quo. We are socialists because we share a... Um, we're socialists because we share a vision of a humane international social order based both on democratic planning and marketing mechanisms to achieve equitable distributions of resources, meaningful work, a healthy environment, sustainable growth, and gender and racial equality and non-oppressive relationships. DSA as a youth section, young democratic socialists made up of students from colleges and high schools the youth section works on economic justice and democracy and on prison justice projects. It's a member of the International Union of Socialist Youth, an affiliate of the Socialist International. The youth section meets several times during the year. Okay. Yeah. And then, it, then we can go on because there's a lot more stuff. Um, that's just uh, about DSA. Now, uh, the, the, the home structure says... Uh, they're supporting. You, yeah, supporting. They're a supporting group. Did you want to see? Join the political revolution. Volunteer with DSA for We Need Bernie, number one. 
democratic socialists believe that both the economy and society should run democratically to meet human needs, not to make profits for a few. We are a political and activist organization, not a party. Um, through campus and community-based chapters, DSA members use a variety of tactics from legislative to direct action to fight for reforms that empower working people. We need Bernie. Support Sanders for 2016. Wall Street Journal reports on a DSA convention. Apparently on December 11th, they ran a front-page story about the DSA and their convention, and they uh, you can read all about that, too. Didn't even realize they had a convention. I did either. Um, talking union. Um, this is interesting too. This uh, uh, this thing, article on TPP that uh, unions do not like at all. Here's something that this is what Obama just signed when he was in New Zealand, the Trans Pacific Partnership, yeah, and they and and they predict it'll cost four hundred and forty-eight thousand. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me, folks. Jobs. U.S. jobs, yeah. <clears throat> the Trans-Pacific Partnership is a so-called trade deal that could cost 448,000 U.S. jobs, suppress U.S. wages, and irreparably weaken our democracy and sovereignty. Yet U.S. Trade Representative Michael Froman is trying to get your member of Congress to vote for it, to win the vote, he is uniting with Republican-friendly organizations to win votes from the Republican side of the aisle while ignoring, ignoring many Democrats who stand with working families. If this deal is so great for working people, why are labor unions and many environmental, consumer, and human rights organizations united against it, while the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Business Roundtable, and the U.S. Fashion Industry Association representing imperil importers and other business groups are for it. Can you recall a time when these special interest groups worked hard to create more American jobs and raise our wages? I can't. So we shouldn't believe their empty promises this time either. Yeah. Pretty scary that TPP and Obama, who's supposedly a Democrat, is supporting it. Well, we knew that. We knew that. Well, it was Goldman Sachs who put him in office. Uh, but sign up to receive the AFL-CIO Now blog alerts. Uh, the evidence on corporate-driven trade is in. It, falls, it fails Fail. working families. The United States already is a member of an international trade deal known as the World Trade Organization and a number of smaller deals called free trade agreements. Um, in 2015, the U.S. goods and services trade deficit with the world hit a new record high, $531.5 billion. This figure includes good trade deficits with the WTO partner, China, $365.7 billion, and trade deal partners, Canada, $14.9 billion, Mexico, $58.4 billion, and South Korea, $28.3 billion. Trade deficits cost jobs. It's as simple as that. But Congress is being asked to approve another trade agreement that incorporates the same failed trade rules we already have. Instead of falling for another deficit-increasing, job-killing, wage-cutting trade deal, let's stand up and fight against it. Join the fight against the TPP today. 
you go. And that was reposted from the AFL-CIO website, or from their blog. <clears throat> that was posted uh, yesterday. Yesterday. So, you know, it's interesting, folks, to uh, to really look at this and what's what's going on here. But there's more to this Democratic Socialist Party we're going to find out about. Um, These are just union issues here that they have. Uh, this, mm -hmm. this segment of their of their, uh, but I wanted to uh, go to the. What are you trying to go to? Actually, I'm trying to do. Here we go. All right. Uh, chapters. We should look at the chapters and see. Well, we, we already are. we already looked at that. We know that. Well, we didn't talk about it. See, these are all the chapters in the country of this one. Mostly group. on universities, I'll bet. So a lot of them are, yeah, a lot of them are. Uh, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, organizing committee. One in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm. Uh, it's in the high school, Little, yeah. Little Rock Central High School. Young, young socialists, Central. yeah. And uh, Davis, yeah. Democratic Socialists. That's at the University of California. Yeah. That's in California, and, and they're all they're yeah, all most they of them are in off. schools and universities. Yeah. That's why he has so many young people. Yeah. So in Connecticut, it's at Wesleyan University in Middletown. That's yeah. the only one. Yeah, Colorado is uh, Boulder. Um, District of Columbia, there's Jose Gutierrez. He's a congressman. That's right. Huh. Metro D.C. He's actually a congressman, this guy. Mm. And uh, Central Florida. So he's he's he is a uh, democratic socialist too. This Jose Gutierrez. He's he's a congressman, mm. right? And uh, uh, lobbies for the uh, Latinos. And Florida. Um, what's this guy? Rachel Orks. Uh, uh, Georgia. They got a ton of them there. Illinois. Kansas. Kentucky. Massachusetts. Only one. That's a surprise. Yeah. Let's take a look back up at that. Where is it? Where? Massachusetts. Right. Okay. okay. It's Boston. Um, mm. And uh, let's see. Minnesota, New Jersey. Well, Connecticut, there's only one, too. Mm -hmm. uh, Oklahoma has one. How Part about New one. York? Let's see, New York, uh, Buffalo. New York City, Ithaca. Um, uh, Hamilton College. Yeah. Uh, CCNY, City College of New York. Yeah. And, and a high school, Scribner High School, Port Washington, New York. Yeah, and Britain High, Brighton High School. In yeah. Rochester. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting that they have socialist parties, uh, you know, in this. Or in so, high school. Uh, in high school, socialist groups. Uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's how retarded. Rhode Island. They are, it's a small, uh, at Brown University. Right. And in Providence, they have an organizing committee. Huh. huh. So that's interesting. See, so there's a, there's a real, this is a pretty large group, I mean, all around the country. Yeah? But it's interesting that, um, I always think of, of Massachusetts as being a progressive state, and that way, in having a yeah, lot of reform. Now, no, one small know. chapter see, they're, in Boston. They're, they're establishment, though. Mm -hmm. See, they're, they're Massachusetts, Connecticut. That's all establishment. Mm -hmm. You know, so these, uh, you know, this is so 
surprised. I haven't heard of this group in other schools or anywhere. That they're, they're low profile up until now. With, um, don't you think? Well, that's like because they're kind of an underground. That's because they're not um, in our areas. It's not in Massachusetts. No, no, but, no, but not, they're not in too many other places either. You know, but they they don't seem to be integrated with this with the with the area too well. So I have never heard of this group until Bernie. You know, not not in the United States. I've heard of it in in Europe, but not not in the United States. So that's kind of like a it's kind of weird. It's very very weird. That's why I wanted. Now, to what happens? Just go down a little bit. We're exploring this site. Just go down to where. No, go oh. down to where it does. Now, if you put, just see if you put the cursor on Connecticut, just I see just what, did, yeah, just see what, oh, just, I didn't know whether yeah. something else would come up. No, this wasn't. No. So. It's mostly in universities and some high schools. I was surprised that there were some high schools. Ah, kind of weird. I, I thought that was weird, too, because they're, they're so careful, especially up there. Uh, let's see, any radical influence? Okay, talking, talking in, you know, it's the back to this one. All right. Uh, Democratic left, the activist, religious socialism, huh? Religious socialism. Religious socialism is a publication dedicated to people of faith and socialism. As our community grows, we will use it to connect DSA members and to reach out to the larger group of faith-based social justice activists and thinkers. We invite you to join us uh, in making it useful both to people of faith within the DSA and to the wider religious left. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and contribute by sending short essays, commentary, and articles. Grassroots Economic Training for Understanding and Power is a series of DSA-fund uh, popular education workshops, arming activists and organizers with the knowledge, tools, and skills to explain economics from the perspective of the 99% instead of the 1%. Why is poverty on the rise? Why is the low-wage low economy unproductive? Who is behind the deregulation, tax cuts, privatization, and unionization for the, of the last 30 years? And what might uh, an alternative economic model look like? Yeah, I'd like to know what might think, it, yeah, yeah, that be, be interesting, interesting to see I what they have articulated. Um, um, let's see. The grassroots economics training for understanding and power. Oh, we, oh, read, we read that. The, the Get Up Project prepares yeah. training materials, organizes training for activists and potential trainers, mentors its graduates as they work to train new activists. We work with individuals and organizations to achieve these goals. Workshops are available in the following topics, so we are happy to customize training. Higher education and student debt, causes and outcomes of the financial crises, understanding key elements of neoliberal capitalism, social market alternatives to neoliberal capitalism. To find a get-up training near you, check with your closest CSA chapter. To inquire about organizing a training with coalition partners and in your community or on your campus, email getupdsusa.org. DSA members may request a full organizing guide from the national office. Interesting. <coughs> I have a PDF brochure down here for more. So, uh, but anyway, it's, uh, this is kind of it's 
So they're well organized. Yeah. They have a feminist working group coming up somewhere. People of all genders are welcome to join this call to discuss DSA's work on women's issues. The first half hour will be Margaret Power talking about right-wing women internationally at 7 p.m. That's on February 20th. On the radio, I think. The call or something. Women of all genders in the class. Well, to join this call to discuss. Let's see. It says show all. Just see what, what that means. I didn't know whether it's one of those group calls. I'm on a webinar or something, mm. but I, it doesn't say. It doesn't say where to call or what. Well, it's already happened. It's tonight. It was at 7 o'clock. Oh, okay. So it's done. Huh. But anyway, that's that's the important thing. It says DSA new member orientation is Wednesday at uh, February 17th. It would be cool if we could do a, a member orientation call. And, uh, just go to RSCPS and see what that says. Respond. Yeah, I just want to see what it says. Well, I haven't joined. I know you haven't, but I just want to see what they say. You wanted to see what more, you have to contact someone. Oh, it just says more about politics. No, 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 no. You're not, you're not listening. Go down here. See, this will say... Yeah, what it is all that. about. So we're not doing that. I just wondered what they were going to say. Okay. These are all the people that have RSVP. Yeah. Interested in yeah. Well, that's good for them. You know, I'm, I'm, glad. I'm glad there are people joining. I'm glad there are people looking into this. Because if there ever was a time when we needed a, a more humane uh, approach to our society. society, this is the time. That's for sure. And I don't know if this is the means. Let's say where they say we need Bernie. Let's see what they say exactly about that. Let's go to this. Why we need Bernie. Bernie Sanders has announced that he is officially running as a candidate for president in 2016 to further a desperately needed political revolution in the USA. Senator Sanders is a lifetime champion of the public programs and democratic rights that will empower working class people. His candidacy could help expand both the progressive movement and the democratic socialist voice within that movement. By running in the democratic primaries, independent Senator Sanders will challenge the dominant discourse of neoliberal Democrats that privilege corporate business interests over those of all working people. That would be Hillary Clinton and the present president. He will contribute to building a strong movement to halt the vicious attacks of Tea Party Republicans at all governmental levels on workers' rights, voting rights, and people of color in general. Democratic Socialists of America strongly support Senator Sanders as the strongest candidate for the president of the U.S. We encourage him to meet with grassroots activists throughout the country to discuss how his candidacy might effectively promote their varied struggles for social and economic justice, human rights, world peace, and a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Cook Gear for We Need Bernie Organizing Material. That's how he gets all the – he already had an organization. Yeah. They are already organized. Oh, yeah. So that's why all he has to do is send yeah, out a, a click. In, they're organized in the universities and everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're just uh, moving. So that's, uh, that's good. That's you know, it's not unlike Martin Luther King, who was organized in the churches. Well, you know, all well, already well, well, uh, there's an organization already built. So all they have to do well, is, went, with a click of that's a. That's why Nader went to uh, Green Party, mm-hmm. you know, because they offered him that. All you have to do is send out a tweet or go on Facebook and say you need to raise money, and then it's there because people they have a whole organization that's yeah. willing to yeah, to donate to work for it. That's right. What's the news and calendar say? Oh. Let's see what their plans are. MPC statement, Gloria Steinem. Huh. National Political Committee of PSA released this statement on the honorary chair. Oh, honorary chair Gloria Steinem remarks about young women, Bernie Sanders supporters. Statement by the DSA National Political Committee on the firing of Washington Post. Columnist Harold Meyerson. Should we look at this one? Uh, should we go to some of these? Yeah, see what that. Yeah, because I'm curious about this Gloria Steinem because she's really she's always been a CIA operative. She Doesn't was. Really probably, she was yeah. We don't. Uh, we don't seem to have it. The DSA released the statements of the Leonard Cohen young woman Bernie Sanders supporters. That's about it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who Harold Meyerson is, but he was a columnist. Okay. He got fired from the Washington Post. Democrat Socialists of America's National Political Committee passed a statement on the Washington Post firing of um, DSA he, Chairman uh, Harold Meyerson. Yeah. Let's see what came up on that. Oh come on! They don't even give us the. That didn't come up. The article didn't come up. I don't understand. Huh. Oh, there it is. Democratic Socialists of America expresses its dismay at the Washington Post editorial editor, Fred Hyatt's termination of Harold Meyerson's contract with the paper. Meyerson, a DSA vice chair, has been one of the few weekly columnists in a major paper who consistently promoted workers' rights in economic alternatives to neoliberal capitalism. I always called that Republican light. It started with uh, Bill Clinton. Meyerson enjoyed 13 years at the Post, and Hyatt had never previously expressed any displeasure with his column. While the public sees a growing inequality, the corporate media refuses to analyze the issue in an in-depth manner. And all too few columnists write in these venues from a pro-labor perspective. Only public pressure can alter this practice. We urge our members and friends to protest Meyerson's termination. By writing letters to the Washington Post. See, as soon as the, uh, this just happened. But um, as soon as, you know, as soon as Bernie came out, uh, you know, it's not okay to be a democratic socialist. Then nobody knew what the hell that was before. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So they they get scared. Now they're going to ethnically cleanse all, try. So, all socialists from the media. So Bernie has no friends. They're uh, going to try. Yeah, I 
think so. Um, so where else? Uh, New Scotland. Yeah. Feminist Working Group, people of all genders are welcome to call. DS mem member, we already did that orientation call, so that's what it was. Resources and tools, let's go to. Basic resources, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I want to see that through this as a social strategy. Oh, just. Short summaries of the DSA findings on various issues. They have flyers. Let's see what that's. Maybe if we go to those, see what they are. Questions and answers. Social strategy article. Right okay. Let's let's go. Uh, women's health and reproductive justice. Women, particularly women of color and poor women have regularly faced government intrusion in their health care and family planning decisions. Recently, the right has ramped up its attacks and extended them to health providers and services used by all women. According to PlannedParenthoodAction.org, uh, more than 1,000 provisions related to women's health were introduced in states over the last two years, and 257 of them became laws, the vast majority of which interfere with women's health. These provisions include conferring full constitutional rights on a fertilized egg or unconstitutionally banning abortion after six weeks. In 2012, 48 U.S. senators voted to allow religiously affiliated, not just religious, institutions to refuse to cover contraception to insured employees as the Affordable Care Act requires. These are all tax on women's health and, furthermore, women's reproductive freedom. Minimum wage for barely tolerable to criminally... Basically criminal. And uh, in a capitalist system, working people will always fall short of justice when it comes to wages. Since the basic logic of the system dictates that a small group of owners uh, appropriates the wealth generated by a company, when, which then reluctantly forks over a small portion of the wealth to the workers who created it. Drop student debt petition. Join us in demanding that President Obama expand his income-based repayment program. Education is a right. College in the popular imagination is still seen as both a, both a time of freedom and intellectual exploration and as the gateway to future economic opportunity. Yet young people today are increasingly working harder and taking on debt just to get a degree whose value is becoming more questionable. At the same time, universities are increasingly being sub subord subordinated to the needs of the corporate world. Student debt, it's not like they told us it would be. Age is no barrier to student debt. 37 million Americans now own a, own a combined $1 trillion in student loans. Over 25% are delinquent. There are more people between the ages of 39 and 49 paying off student loans than people under 30. Wow. HR 1579, the Robin Hood tax, tax on financial trading. What is the inclusive Prosperity Act. Why should we support it? The Inclusive Prosperity 
Act proposed by Representative Keith Ellison, Democrat from Minnesota in 2013, creates a tax on the trading of financial assets, often called the Robin Hood tax. This bill focuses on how the global financial crisis was created by an out-of-control financial sector that crashed the U.S. and world economies. The real strength of the bill, however, is the allocation of the revenues raised, not for deficit reduction, but instead for health care, investment in education, reduction of student debt, environmental protection, job creation, and development of clean energy. In short, the bill is designed to change the discussion from cuts in austerity to strengthening financial security, expanding opportunity to working people. And it's not a tax on the people, but a tax for the people. And how would Robinhood tax work? How much money could it raise? As proposed, the Robinhood tax would be a small sales tax charged on all trading in stocks, currencies, and debt instruments. That's what Ralph Nader wanted that was to his, do. Yeah. Such a bond, you must have got it from this, uh, maybe from these guys. Such as bonds as well as derivatives, yeah. those are futures and options, based on these products. The amount of the tax is tiny. On stocks, the proposed rate is 0.5% or a dollar on every $200 of stocks traded, a 0.10% on trading of debt, bonds, and notes, and... 0.005% on derivatives and currency trading. The amount of revenue raised would be substantial, however, estimated by the bill sponsor to be around $350 billion annually. With that revenue, we would have the resources to rebuild our economy so it serves all people, not just a few. And who would pay the tax? Anyone who traded stocks, currencies, or debt instruments would pay the tax. Most of the income from this tax would come from institutions and individuals who trade, trade frequently. These are big banks, head funds, brokers, as well as wealthy individuals who own the largest amount of stock. You would not pay the tax if you deposited money in your bank account or exchanged U.S. dollars for Canadian dollars because you were traveling to Canada. These are not trades. I have some money in a 401k and some of it invested in stocks. Would I pay the FTT? Perhaps, but depending on your annual income. The Act has an exemption from the tax for individuals with income below 50000 and married people filing joint returns with incomes below 75000 Thus, most people in the U.S. would not be subject to this tax. Of course, any payment of tax occurs only when stocks, bonds, etc., are bought. In this respect, it is very much like a small sales tax that you would pay when you buy futures or groceries, furniture or groceries. For long-term investors holding these assets for retirement or to pay for a child's college, the tax would have very little impact. In fact, the tax is smaller than, I can't read that, Leo. Oh, you can move that. Smaller than the commissions often charged by brokerage firms to execute orders or fees normally charged by mutual fund managers to handle your investments. Would an FTT make our markets less competitive by discouraging trading? Most of the trading that takes place in stock and currency and debt markets is unrelated to any product activity in the real economy. For example, the total value of the new issue of stock that companies bring to the market to raise capital 
represents less than one week of trading activity in the U.S. stock exchange. Similarly, the the value of currency trades is more than 25 times the actual value of our foreign trade. And even if trading were to decline substantially, our financial markets would remain liquid and attractive to investors from both the U.S. and abroad. Have other countries experimented with the FTT so that we can see how it works? Yes. Britain has had a stamp tax on stock trades for many years. It has provided needed government revenue and has not hampered the growth of the British stock market, which is now the second largest in the world. In addition, Switzerland, Hong Kong, Singapore, and other countries have FTTs. In January 2013, 11 members of the European Union voted to put these in. That include Germany, France, Spain, Italy, Belgium, and five others. Wow. So everybody's going for this. Are there other groups supporting the proposal for a Robin Hood tax? Yes. Several unions have real, already endorsed it, including the National Nurses United, the UAW, the USW, the IAM, Unite Here. Friends of the Earth also supports the, this bill. In addition, the leading Catholic organizations of nuns and priests have endorsed the act. The Congressional Progressive Caucus has proposed a budget with a smaller FTT, the DeFazio Harkin version. All this sounds good. Are there any benefits from an FTT? Yes, an economy heavily dependent on financial activity serves only the few. That's an important additional benefit of the Robin Hood tax would be a reduction in the role of Wall Street in our economy. Further, the high incomes that are generated by socially useless activity of trading for the sake of trading distort the career choices of many of our brightest young people <clears throat> who go into, the fi- into finance rather than becoming doctors, engineers, or teachers. Thus, as noted above, the Act proposes to use the revenues as a basis for changing our economy from one dominated by the wants and desires of a few to one driven by the needs of the many. I like that. Where can I find more information? Well, go to nationalnursesunited.org forward slash blog. Well, just go to that. They'll be able to go to it. And a new bill to rebuild a nation with a tax on Wall Street. So check that one out. (coughs) That's not a new idea. It's a great idea. It's a really good idea. Very good idea. And even my cat says she likes it. She likes it, too. You support that? Yes, that's why she meows. very supportive of that idea. First time I ever heard it, I thought it was the greatest thing back in 2000. Yeah. But, uh, when Ralph Nader talked but, about it. talked about it when he was running. And, uh, you know, and it's still out there, which is great, you know. So, uh, let's see, what else have I got? Uh, oh, Socialist Strategy Articles. Uh, socialist strategy articles. Okay, the, the, the That's the whole list of them. Here we are. Democratic Socialist. Most documents are PDFs and bill. Okay. So this is on all of this. Holy God, this is everything. Okay, so these are articles on capitalism, socialism, sustainability. Huh. Hmm. The global environment crisis, however, together with the growing inequality, is the great challenge of the 21st century. 
Fossil fuel combustion and deforestation are destabilizing the global climate, and extreme weather events are accelerating. Renewable resources such as topsoil and groundwater are being consumed fast, faster than, than they regenerate, uh, far faster. And species and entire habitats are disappearing at a pace unseen since the extinction of the dinosaurs. Even the oceans are not immune to oil spills, fertilizer runoff, overfishing, uh, acidification, and the poisoning of coral reefs. And you're seeing this stuff everywhere. Mm. And um, it is a clear. It is already clear that businesses, as usual, uh, is leading. Business as usual is leading towards catastrophic collapse of the natural system that billions of people depend upon for their livelihood. Strategic planners at the Pentagon recognize that climate disruption causing crop failures and mass migrations, fueling violent conflicts, threaten U.S. security. Most, US, uh, most at risk are the struggling peoples of the global south who are least responsible for greenhouse emissions. These problems are not accidental, but are symptoms of fundamental pathologies in our systems of production and consumption. The logic of private profit is to clear-cut every tree and move on to the next forest. Greenhouse gas concentrations will increase as long as our economy depends on coal, oil, and natural gas, controlled by some of the wealthiest corporations in history. Converting the whole economy to recycle materials and use renewable energy, abandoning fossil fuel investments, would impose huge costs on corporate bottom lines. Under capitalism, decisions on what and how to produce are made by corporate executives, maximizing profits by increasing sales and decreasing costs to the private firm. Working people in nature are exploited directly and indirectly as external costs are imposed on them. Controls on corporate access through regulation, labor organization, or mass boycotts can limit abuse but tends to be too little, too late, as long as the major decisions are made behind closed doors of corporate boardrooms. Changes in individual behavior and technology can buy time but are insufficient to save the biosphere as long as free enterprise allows huge corporations to continue polluting. The entire production system must be transformed. We must change the way our society decides to allocate resources in the independent web of the world economy. Securing an environmentally sustainable production system will require fundamental political and social change on every scale from household to planet. Human environmental needs can be brought into sustainable balance only if production takes account of all the environmental consequences. This requires conscious planning and foresight, but who will do the planning? Scientific expertise is clearly necessary but scientists and experts brought us the technologies that are threatening the planet. For all the impacts to be taken into account, the people affected must participate in planning and decision-making, not just experts and authority. The interests of future generations and fellow creatures can only be defended by people in the present with values of empathy and solidarity. Polls show that people do care and are willing to pay substantial short-term costs for long-term benefits of a healthy environment, public concern made possible laws to reduce pollution, but too often people lack the knowledge and power to make 
fundamental change. That's true. That's true. That's like yeah, poor people in California, their their air is being polluted by gas, and they had to move out of their houses, and it's yeah, taken months. Gas, yeah, different system on how to get there. A sustainable economy requires a system in with which production is democratically planned and controlled by well-informed people. The environment can be sustained by collective stewardship as our <coughs> material needs are securely met by a fair distribution and sharing of resources and our psychological needs are met through an ethos fostering cooperation rather than acquisition and competition. We call such a system democratic socialism. A socialist society can be achieved by nonviolent struggles, continuing over generations to expand democratic rights, institutions, social relations within a mainly capitalistic system until the democratic processes and structures come to predominate. And these centuries-long struggles continue in our time on many fronts yeah. and political, economic, social, and cultural. Political struggles have achieved partial socialization on many levels. The local public enterprises, such as like sanitation, were won by sewer socialists, <laughs> sewer socialist mayors. Okay, uh, generations of labor organizing uh, lifted millions from poverty to comfort. We share public parks designed by 19th century Christian socialist and abolitionist Frederick Law. Okay, uh, many benefits. Frederick Law Olmsted. Yeah, many uh, benefits from islands of direct democracy like food co-ops and worker-managed businesses. National programs from Social Security and Medicare to EPA and OSHA improve our lives, as do such international agreements as the Ozone Treaty, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. All these embody the principle of production for common need, not private profit. The systems change can only be achieved by uniting uh, movements for social justice, peace, and human rights, as well as environmental justice and stewardship. So we work toward racial and gender equality, civil rights and liberties, labor organizing, universal health care, quality education and child employment, and child and care for all, free higher education, livable communities, full employment at living wages to abolish poverty, and the progressive redistribution of wealth. Each of these social movements, however, just just the cause, can make gains but lacks the strength by itself to prevail fully over concentrated wealth and power. We therefore work for a strategic coalition of all these movements based on their common interests and shared values to not unite them <clears throat> into a sustainable democratic majority. Mm. Within these movements, we emphasize issues that can help build such coalitions. Environmentalists are baited as elitists who don't care about workers' jobs and prefer trees to people by the same corporations that exploit and poison both workers and trees. The divide and rule strategy the 1% use to stay on top can be met by choosing intersectional issues appealing both to environmental activists and to the constituencies for social and economic justice and by choosing strategies that can change the balance of power from corporate plutocrats to the vast majority. Hmm. Linking social and environmental justice. I don't tell you. 
it, I I'm beginning to to like this uh, this uh, ideology here. I don't know about you. Well, it says all the stuff that I agree with. There's some intersectional issues that can build solidarity across movements, shift power from corporations to the 99%, and advance the transition to a just and sustainable world, include green jobs. Fair, yeah, fair yeah, trade. Yeah, uh, uprooting environmental racism, uh, reproductive choice and family planning, uh, healthy workplace environments, uh, <coughs> uh, reducing the working week and year. What's this? Healthy Let's read that. Just, I'm, I'm interested in, that's pollution and polluting plants. Reducing the work, work week and year. More free time would facilitate full employment and reduce stress. I agree with that. As Juliet Shore points out, people are happier in societies where wealth and income are more equal and productivity gains are taken as leisure time for recreation and social interaction rather than through the throughput of disposable stuff. Products should be designed for durability, not planned obsolescence. In Bill McKibben's words, we need not more belongings, but more belonging. Democratic, local, and regional planning. We can use public visioning and precipitatory uh, um, budgeting. Uh, budgeting to invest in existing communities. Instead of subsidizing developers to destroy communities and landscapes by suburban sprawl, we can increase public parks, community gardens, use intensive recycling, and require uh, strict energy standards for new buildings, uh, programs enabling households to install efficiency retrofits and solar systems and pay as you save on utility bills with speed renewable deployment. We need public transportation and walkable neighborhoods can reduce energy use and enhance safety and fair access to jobs and recreation. Yeah, in other words, redesigning your cities, redesigning your 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 public squares, and redesigning everything. The var the the, the var I'm interested in this. We only have a few more minutes. And oh. here's another one: improving public education to guarantee quality education for everyone, from universal pre-K, which I think is important and after-school programs to graduate school and lifetime continuing education. Well, I'm lucky I'm taking advantage of that. I mean, because in the state that I live in, if you're over 62, you get free college. Right. University college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is state like a public universities right. or? Right. I don't know. You get grants. It's a grant, basically. It's, it's given to 62-year-olds. Yeah, I just go in and bring my ID and say this is what I'm yeah. taking, and they say, great. <laughs> Organize you can buy your textbook or rent it for $7. Mm. Diverse forms of economic democracy. Organized worker and consumer cooperatives, credit unions, community support, agriculture, and co-housing. Uh, local and state public enterprises can serve common needs accountability, for example, public broadband internet. <coughs> That's a great idea. Okay, well, public I, banks and you went, you went and into uh, and green banks to finance the initial cost of renewable energy. You went into another area. But going back to the public education, this is what I like. Science education should highlight the challenges of this century, applying the principles of learning by doing, and this is what I'm interested in. Students can learn biology by growing food. I think every school should have a garden and they should grow food and learn physics and chemistry 
by making renewable energy and recycling systems. I think those That's are important. That's a good idea. Grassroots campaigns to stop hazardous technologies, fighting pipelines, hydrofracking, and other fossil fuel infrastructure, toxic dumps, incinerators, nuclear plants, can all be started points for coalitions to demand symptomatic alternatives. Not in my backyard attitudes can be reactionary and divisive when opposing socially progressive facilities like drug treatment centers but are the beginning of democratic accountability when resisting what should be in anyone's should be in anyone's backyard. I think it's there's a whole list of things, and we just have about five minutes. Yeah. So why don't we just continue to read the, the yeah, list? Yeah, we'll read the highlights. And it says divestiture campaigns against fossil fuel corporations. I like that very much. Um, Permanently protecting vital ecosystems as commons. I think that's important. Yeah. Reversing subsidies to corporate agribusiness and junk food. Yeah. yeah. Public financing of political campaigns. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know. That's good. Okay. Uh, when we work in local protests and organizing movements, we strive to unite diverse communities to promote a global perspective and democratic participation and an understanding of the need for a system. Systemic change. change. The next decade may be the ne the last chance to turn the ship of state around before it hits an iceberg calved uh, off from a melting polar glacier. Martin Luther King warned, over the bleached bones and jumbled residues of numerous civilizations are written the pathetic words, too late. If you agree on the need to work actively to join to transform society on the basis of sustainability, democracy, and justice. Join us. Well, it sounds like a good nice idea, doesn't it? Well, I agree with what everything they Well, I happen to agree with all those things. Uh, I think people should have, um, more people should have a better life. Uh, a good life is not the top 1% and the, not the only ones that are entitled to rest comfortably in a bed at night, but they seem to think they are. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, why is it that people have to work so hard? People are working much more than 40 hours, or they're working three jobs just to eat and pay their rent. Yeah. Well, anyway. What's the point in that? And people aren't even given a decent wage. Yeah. It's not like the country doesn't have the money. That's true. But I'm going to ask you people to, 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 to check this thing out, and it's called... Um, um, Talking Union... No, uh, is it, uh, I'm trying to get the uh, call letters here for this. Right at the top, right where you've typed it in.
um, information there. Oh, this was something really interesting. I don't know if we can end with this. Many cities in Pennsylvania have higher levels of lead exposure than Flint. Imagine that. That's probably true. Yeah, it says 18 cities in Pennsylvania reported higher levels of lead exposure than Flint. Wow. Altoona, uh, Allentown, Scranton, Reading, Erie, Pennsylvania, and Pittsburgh. My um, guess is that mostly oh, the most of the cities in the U.S. probably do. Yeah, especially the industrial ones. Right? Yeah. Uh, the old industrial ones. And they can't yeah. afford to replace all the pipes. And here's one. A Navajo water supply is poisoned worse than Flint. No one cares because they're Native American. Looks huh? like uranium that what is all That's yellow. That's all it is. It's uranium and some other. Because they have uh, been mining. Mining. That's right. Yeah. Uh, poison worse than Flint, but no one cares because they're Native Americans. Counterpart. The Detroit News reports that elevated blood levels uh, are seen in higher percentage in children than parts of Grand Rapids, Jackson, Detroit, Saginaw, Muskegon, Holland, and several other cities, proof that the scourge of lead has not been eradicated despite decades of public health campaigns and hundreds of millions of dollars spent to find and eliminate it. Of over 7,000 children tested in Highland Park and Hamarack, uh, areas of Detroit in 2014, 13.5% tested positive for lead. Among four zip codes in Grand Rapids, one in 10 children had lead in their blood. And Adrian, the South Central Michigan, uh, more than 12%, or 640 children, tested positive. Oh, this goes on. But it's 9 o'clock, and we're just about done, so I want to thank everybody. And go to the site. And, on uh, democratic socialism. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we wish you a pleasant evening on that one. Uh, yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up. I hope you guys have Valentine's a happy Day. Valentine's Day. Yeah. And good night, folks. And good night, everybody. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.